Welcome to the New Puritan Podcast. I'm Mark Stull, and this is episode number 16. This episode, we are continuing with part two of our study on 11 things the church should be doing according to the book of Acts. And this is very interesting. This was, again, things that came out of the book of Acts. And I hope and my prayer is that the previous episode, you were able to think of the things that we talked about and um, looked up the scripture verses that I posted on the website. You can go out to that website and take a look at all of the headings of the listings of all 11 of the things and their accompanying scripture verses for you to study. Again, want to get into this of the 11 things the church should be doing according to the book of Acts. And just a reminder, these have no order of importance. They're not numbered as such. It's only as they appear and are repeated in the book of Acts. Of course, there's other things that the body of Christ should be doing. We know that many other things. I mean, the entire New Testament is filled with other things that we should be doing along with this. But again, just a reminder that this was just 11 things that was found in the book of Acts that the church should be doing, especially today. Uh, we're, again, we're giving an outline of what appeared in the book of Acts. Also, study and listen to Jesus more on your own. Open your Bible, pray to the Lord, and ask the Holy Spirit to show you things in the Scriptures, show you things about your life and your walk that you can come to a fuller walk and understanding and relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. So I just want to go over real quickly, and I'm not going to get into it or give the, the scripture verses to it, but I just want to reiterate the first five things that we learned in last the last episode that we had. Number one was prayer and supplication, that the church should be doing that. Number two was waiting for and receiving the Holy Spirit. Number three was to preach the gospel. That was a major one. We saw that throughout the book of Acts, that the gospel was going forth and being preached. Number four was baptism. And number five was share your goods, food, money, and fellowship. So we want to do the last six in this episode today. And let's just get into it. The first one is number six. And this was the Lord's Supper. And we find this in Acts chapter 2 verse 42, and it says that they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and prayers. The Lord's Supper. We also find this in chapter 6, verse 2, chapter 20, verses 7 and 11. Now, the Lord's Supper, uh, instituted by the Lord Jesus Christ, is not what you will find in many of the churches today. What you find in many of the churches today, is a little bit of cracker and a little tiny cup of wine. And that is absolutely not the way the Lord's Supper was taken. 
Now, granted, when you have a cult following like Joel Osteen and you have 3,000 people, it's a little hard to sit down and have an intimate meal with them. But that's basically what the Lord's Supper was. I would challenge you to go through the scriptures, to go through and to discover on your own exactly what it was and how the Lord's Supper was conducted. It is not a little bit of cracker and a little bit of juice. That is not the Lord's Supper. That is a splinter off of Roman Catholicism, of giving you a bit of bread and a bit of cup of the wine. That is not the Lord's Supper. That is not how it's supposed to be conducted. That is not how you sit down to a meal, Is that's really what it was, to remember the Lord's death till he come. So this idea that when you go to church or when you go to churches today and they give you this little bit of bread and this little cup of wine, that is Roman Catholicism. That has nothing to do with Christianity. It's just error, plain and simple. This is also a practice that doesn't really take place that much in fellowships today. As a matter of fact, there are some that believe that the Lord's Supper and baptism are ordinances that have been completely shut off and turned off, that we no longer need to practice those things. And that's, of course, an error and it's wrong because Jesus said for us to continue to observe the Lord's Supper until he comes. And that obviously we're going to have the Supper of the Lamb where we're going to dine with him uh, at the end of the age. So that's a beautiful uh, thing to look forward to as well. But again, the Lord's Supper is not being done, and it should be done more and more. It should be done every time believers come together. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Okay, number seven, make disciples. This is found in Acts chapter 6, verses 1 and 7. Acts chapter 6 verses 1 and 7, and it says, And in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in daily ministration. And verse 7, And the word of God increased, and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly, and a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. So make disciples. So make disciples. This is a big part of along with preaching of the gospel, making disciples. That's what we're supposed to be out doing, making disciples, multiplying ourselves. It's not just about bringing a person and making them a Baptist or making them a disciple of Christ or making them a um, a Lutheran or making them a Presbyterian. That's not what it is. It's making them a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what you're supposed to be out there doing. So in preaching the faith, in preaching the gospel, you're out there talking to people and discipling them in the Lord Jesus Christ, teaching them so that they may adhere to the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ as well. That is something that is not happening today in the churches at all. The churches are not making disciples. As a matter of fact, I know of two brothers in the Lord that are trying to bring this back and are trying to continue to get a movement going of making disciples, making people into disciples for the Lord. And I think that that's great. That's a wonderful, wonderful thing to do. People and churches are not making disciples. They're just not. Here's what happens. A friend brings you to your local church or your fellowship. The pastor stands up there and preaches a message. And at the end, he may or may not give some kind of an altar call. 
and your friend may or may not feel convicted in the heart, but because of peer pressure and because of everybody else around him, he'll go down to the front and recite a little prayer that the pastor will say, and then the pastor, with all authority that he can muster, declares the person saved. And that is absolute falsehood. That is not how a person becomes saved. That is not how a Christian is made. That's not how a disciple of the Lord Jesus is made. So we have to be out there having relationships with people, teaching people the things that the Lord Jesus taught us, getting them to follow his teachings, and the Lord Jesus will do the rest. You can know a person if they have an interest in the faith of the Lord Jesus, if they have an interest in in Christianity, you'll know, and you can be in, begin to disciple that person, and then that person will come to the Lord truly, have a genuine born-again experience, and then they can begin to make disciples, and it will multiply, so on, just like that. That is how it is done. Today, disciples of real, real disciples of Jesus are not being made. People are making disciples of false tr- Christianity and a false church. So making disciples, that's a big thing. Number eight, fasting. Christians are not fasting today. You can't, you can't get Christians to fast today. They're just so involved with things that they want to do in their own life. It's, it's incredible. Acts chapter 10 verse 30 says, and Cornelius said, four days ago, I was fasting until this hour. And at the ninth hour, I prayed in my house and behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing. Cornelius had been fasting for four days. You can't even get Christians to fast breakfast or to fast lunch nowadays. They just don't, they just don't do it. Fasting is foreign to the character and nature of a Christian today. And it's something that's very powerful. Remember what Jesus said when the disciples said, how come we couldn't cast out the demons? And he said, this kind only come out by prayer and fasting. So fasting is a very powerful thing that you are are making that giving up food you're you're sacrificing something so that the spirit of god will move on those people that you're praying for and that things will happen and i know one day two day three day four day five day fasting you will see results because if you're serious about it and if your heart is in it you will see results in fasting and this is something that that the churches don't do it Nowadays, you find that they grumble and they complain because things aren't happening. Well, it's because they're not fasting. They're living in the flesh. That's what's really happening is that they're just completely living in the flesh. So that is number eight. Number nine, continue in the faith. We find this in Acts chapter 14, verse 22. And it says, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith and that we must through much tribulation enter the kingdom of God. Continue in the faith. That's also found in chapter 16, verse 5. People are dropping off of Christianity in droves. And it's really sad that they are leaving and following science and evolution and humanism and philosophy and psychology, and they are not continuing in the faith. We are to continue in the faith of the Lord Jesus. Yes, there'll be struggles. Yes, there'll be trouble. Yes, there'll be suffering, but we must continue in the faith. And if you're a true believer, that's really uh, not difficult. You're going to just continue in the faith as long as you are because it's something that you just would naturally do. And Christians are not doing that, and we see a lot of them just falling off and falling away, which is actually predicted in the Scriptures. So Now, number 10, 
read and study the scriptures. We find this in Acts chapter 17, verse 2. And it says, And Paul, as his manner was, went in unto them, and three Sabbath days reasoned with them out of the scriptures. So they used the scriptures. We, we also remember the Bereans, that the Bereans studied the scriptures daily. We, we see this in uh, Acts chapter 17, verse 11. It says this, These were more noble than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness of mind, and searched the scriptures daily, whether those things were so. So reading and studying the scriptures, this is a big part of the life of the believer. We are to read and study the scriptures. You will find, especially today, there's this new trend that will tell you that you don't need to read and study the scriptures. You just need to listen to the Holy Spirit and the voice of Jesus and to really put your Bible down. Well, you know, all throughout the scriptures, the scriptures declare themselves and the scriptures declare that you are to study, you're to pray, you're to read the scriptures. There's benefit in it. I mean, the Bereans got down into the scriptures, obviously it was the Old Testament, and they searched them to see whether the things that Paul was saying was true or not. They were testing. They weren't just taking a person's word for it. They were going to test to see whether God, the things that he had said in the past that was recorded, that this was true or not. And they did. And they were called noble men for doing that. So reading and studying the scriptures. Again, I can't reiterate this enough that many of the things that we're talking about here, the church is not practicing practicing them at all. And again, this here, reading and studying the scriptures, is very absent in the lives of Christians today. They just don't, they just don't have time for it. They don't want to do it. They don't want to read it. I mean, we even have the scriptures on our, on our smartphones or on our iPads or any electronic mobile device. You can get the, the scriptures and they still don't read it because to them, it's a waste of time. And that is not true at all. Power comes, strength comes by studying the scriptures. Romans says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So reading and studying the scriptures is very important in the life of believers. I would encourage you to do it on a daily basis. Don't neglect it. And now number 11, the last thing on our list is destroy and get rid of things in your life not pleasing to God. And we find this, 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 this came about one time, but it was enough that it was good to be listed. And it says this in 1919, Acts chapter 19, verse 19. It says this, many of them also, which use curious arts, brought their books together and burned them before all men. And they counted the price of them and found it to be 50,000 pieces of silver. And right after that, in verse 20, guess what happens when they burned all their wicked books? So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. So destroy and get rid of those things in your life not pleasing to God. That the people in Ephesus knew that the things that they had in their lives, the wicked books, the witchcraft books, all those things that were identified with pagan idols, they got rid of. And this is something that will happen in your life if the Holy Spirit comes in you and lives in you and you're born again by the Holy Spirit. He will begin to show you those things that are displeasing, ugly, worldly, and are not a part of the Christian life and that you must get rid of them. I would say 
at this point, if you're a person who has like Harry Potter books or any kind of, of dumb novels or are things in your home that are displeasing to God, and if you're a Christian, you should take them out to your yard and burn them. Just burn them. Get rid of it all because you shouldn't even be having them in your home. Deuteronomy says not to bring anything that's an idol or any heathen object into your house. So get rid of those things in your life. Firstly, confess all your sin and get rid of that. And then those things that you're surrounding yourself with, your little toys and those little things that you hold so dear, those little idols, get rid of those as well. Because this is a part of the life of the believer. You're reading the scriptures. You're filled with the Spirit. You're fasting. You're praying. You're continuing in the faith. You're having the Lord's Supper. You're, you've been baptized. You're preaching the gospel. This is all a well-rounded Christian, a well-rounded person. And these things that you ought to be doing and these things that the church of Jesus Christ living today, we should be doing these things. So there's the list of the 11. I'm going to post all of the headings and the verses on the website so you can go out and read and study all of those on your own. I pray that those were helpful to you, that you were able to look at them and, again, go out there and study them, learn from them, take them, use them, apply them to your life. And I hope you use them and you gain a fuller understanding of the Lord Jesus. Thank you for listening, and that's going to do it for us on this episode. We pray that you were edified by the things we discussed today, and we look forward to seeing you again on the next episode. God bless you.